Hey guys, it's Alana and welcome back for another episode of Seeing Other People. Today we have Candace Horbachs joining us to talk about open relationships, to talk about her time in the adult film industry, to talk about jealousy and communication. Candace is probably better known to many of you as Eva Lovia. She was one of the biggest actresses in the adult industry, like ever. Um, she also is incredibly talented. She's a chef, she's a wife, she's a mom, and she is the host of the podcast Chatting with Candace. And I am really excited to have her on. You guys have been wanting uh, an episode on open relationships for a very long time. And I have held off on that because I am not the person to have those conversations. The thought of an open relationship is the scariest thing in the world to me. Um, and it's something that I've never done. It's something that I know myself and I would never be able to do. And so I really wanted to find the right person for the conversation and Candace and her relationship with her now husband they went through so many different stages of their open relationship and I'm super excited for you all to hear it so let's get right into it if I've learned anything about dating and being in a relationship it's that if you aren't feeling like your best self you're not going to be your best self whether it's on the apps on a first date or on your one-year anniversary with your partner that's why I started taking O-Positive's Immunity GTFO Gummy Vitamins and PMS Flow Gummy Vitamins. I know what you're thinking. Oh, vitamins. Okay, I have a ton of those already and I don't even take the ones I have. Listen, that was me too. These are a complete game changer. I would literally eat the jar in one sitting if I could. I actually wake up now and jump out of bed knowing that the sooner I get up, the sooner I can have my vitamins. They taste that good. The GTFO immunity vitamins are berry lemonade flavored gummies formulated with plant-based ingredients that are shown to support your immune system, do what it does best, no matter where life takes you. Plus, a daily serving of GTFO has 50% more vitamin C than an orange with only a third of the sugar. Ladies, the PMS Flow Gummy Vitamins are an absolute game changer. The ingredients help alleviate cramps, bloating, mood swings, and hormonal acne. PMS doesn't have to suck, and it doesn't have to suck the life out of you. So if you're ready to show up in your dating life being your absolute best self, head to www.opositive.com. That's O-P-O-S-I-T-I-V.com and use code seeing other people at checkout as one word for 20% off your first purchase or subscription. All right. And we are here, Candice. Welcome to seeing other people. Hi, thanks for having me. I am so excited. So you are, first of all, in, like the most impressive person ever. You have done so much and you're still, you're really young in the grand <laughs> scheme of like how much you've done. How, you're in your early thirties, right? Yep. Yeah. 32. Thank you so much. <laughs> it is so impressive. You guys, Candice not only is, has been one of the biggest stars in the adult film industry, but she also is a wife. She's a mom. She's a podcaster. She's a philanthropist. She, um, her podcast chatting with Candace, definitely check it out. And she also is an amazing chef on YouTube has <laughs> wonderful videos. So you are just so impressive and beautiful. And I'm so excited to have you here. Um, oh, you're so kind. <laughs> to get started, why don't you give us a little bit of a background of how you got into the adult industry and what led you into it? So I guess I've been, I, I entered the industry probably around 19 with just like webcamming. Um, it was super modest. I didn't show anything. Everything was implied. It was just kind of dipping my toe in to see if it was something I wanted to do. And then that slowly evolved into me trying to seek out studios to shoot actual films for. Um, for me, the webcamming scene didn't really match my personality and it wasn't something that really made me that happy, but I knew I wanted to make films. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I don't know. I've always been intrigued with the idea of women really owning their sexuality and kind of using it like a superpower from like a very young age. Um, I think a lot of us were. A lot of us, you know, grew up with Pamela Anderson and Carmen Electra and the bunnies. And obviously that was intentionally glamorized, but I just kind of found it all like so fascinating. So once I was... Um, in my early 20s, I had done my first film and I was like, this is it. This is where I'm supposed to be. I don't really know where it's going to go, but I just felt like I had never felt before. Just very happy, very powerful, very confident. Um, shockingly, like I was very insecure growing up. I, you know, had a lot of just like... I guess self-doubt and a lot of negative self-talk, especially around my body and my appearance. Um, and then once I got into the industry, you kind of see all types of bodies and all types of faces. And you realize that, you know, beauty is a lot more complex than maybe we think in our own heads. And I just kind of gained this kind of self-confidence that I didn't have before. Yeah, I love that. When you say webcamming, does that bring like to me, that brings me back to like Peyton Sawyer and One Tree Hill and like her with her webcam on in her bedroom and just like existing. Like, is that what that was like? So for me, it was more like kind of burlesque. So mm. like strip teasing, but again, not showing anything. So just mm. very more like erotica, I guess. Um, and a lot more personal because usually it's, you know, one person will pay to do like a show with you and you don't see them. They just see you usually. Um, or it could be like a ticketed show. So there's only X amount of slots and mm. you kind of, you put on a show. Um, and it's like very intentional and very seductive. And I feel like that actually made me a, a much better performer because when you have to learn how to be sexy without showing anything and it's just you and a camera, it's very difficult because you don't have a lot to play off of. Totally. When you mentioned that you were really insecure, how did you like deal with your insecurities and then, but also like allow yourself to do something like this. Cause for me, like what I'm thinking of is a lot of my listeners are really insecure with, with their body, with how they look, with how they dress, with how much money they make and stuff, but they still have to find some way to get themselves to go on dates and to put themselves out there to find what they're looking for. I think it's, it's a combination of things, at least it was for me. So I think part of it was hitting a certain pain point and realizing like you don't want to feel that way anymore. Or maybe there's like this program that you know you no longer want to run, right? It's not necessarily yours, but it was put there through just existing and um, events throughout your life, right? Like some mm -hmm. someone says something nasty to you, nasty to you when you're in middle school, or maybe your mom doesn't um, like help instill that sense of confidence at a young age, whatever the the reason may be. And you're like, okay, well, I just, I'm going to take charge and I just don't want to feel this way anymore. This isn't the story I want to tell myself. Um, so I think there's that aspect. And then there's also like running towards pleasure. So it's like, well, what do you want? Okay. Like, so let's not focus too much on what we don't want. Like, what do you want? How do I solve this problem? Um, and I'm not saying everyone needs to jump in and do a porno to make <laughs> yourself feel confident. You never not know. It could work. Not at all. But like, if it's something like asking someone on a date, or maybe you're insecure about writing or putting yourself out there, because so many of us now are on social for some kind of aspect of our work, it's just doing it. And it's just jumping in the deep end and knowing that you're going to either learn from your mistake or you're going to soar. Right. And both of those things are great. So there's not really a loss to be had. Yeah. I love that. And I think that's, that's really good advice and advice that anybody can take regardless of what the thing they're struggling with is. So while you were in the industry, 
I don't want to get into too much detail about your time in it because I really want to get to talking about open relationships, Mm -hmm. but I am super curious, like how did that experience and that career path teach you about intimacy and human connection and relationships? Oh my gosh, everything. I feel like my husband and I both are like, we learned so much about ourselves throughout that process. Cause I was with him throughout the entire trajectory. Like I met him when I was camming. So he was with me through all of the phases of my career. Um, so we had to very much consciously navigate it together. And I was one of the most jealous, like toxic, jealous women you have ever met. And it's it was to the point where I couldn't control it. And I almost justified it because I was like, well, if I feel this way, it must mean that you're wrong because what I feel is so real. Right. And it's Mm -hmm. like this entitled rage that you have. And I wasn't in control. I wasn't driving. I was letting my emotions do this. Um, And I just had really bad modeling when I was growing up. Like I didn't have someone show me again, like instill that confidence in me and what a healthy relationship looks like and healthy boundaries and what a healthy partnership looked like. I was kind of like a dictator in relationships and that's not good. That's not going to create a long lasting successful relationship period. Um, so when I got in the industry, it was originally just with girls. So like there wasn't really a conversation around jealousy yet. Cause most guys are cool with that. Um, but when I made the transition into doing more hardcore scenes, I was like, well, <laughs> if I'm going to be doing this, I would see other women that would say, well, this is work and it's totally different. So he's not, he has to have a different set of rules than me. And that never worked. And it just didn't feel right. You know what I mean? Like, I understand that it's work and I understand I don't have a connection with this person, but you're still having the active sex. So like that conversation is just really weak in my mind. It doesn't really hold. So I wanted it to be fair. Like I want a partnership. I don't want um, rules for me and not for you. Like that just, that doesn't seem like um, something that's going to last. So Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, we're going to try to figure this out. Um, While I'm, because I'd go to LA and work while I'm in LA and working, like you do what you want to do while you're home and, you know, have fun and we'll just navigate this together and like let's see um the first I mean he never really acted on it like he's such an anomaly but the couple times that he did it was like whoa okay I'm feeling all of these things I don't necessarily think I'm entitled to these feelings because I'm out here and it's on the internet so like it's it's much the gravity of what I'm doing is much larger than the gravity of what he's doing and it forced me to really um like spend a lot of time introspecting and like where what are these feelings coming from like what am I scared to lose like where are my insecurities with this because he hasn't shown me anything to suggest that he doesn't love me or that he's gonna leave me or all of these things that we tell ourselves right um so we both it was like kind of like a muscle you have to to work and work and work and eventually the goal I think is to become become the observer. So you're not letting your emotions run this machine. You notice it, you put a flag in it and you're like, okay, maybe I need to focus on this. Yeah. The, how did you like, okay. Knowing how jealous you were, Mm -hmm. but still wanting to make it fair. Like, how did you get yourself to say like, okay, if these, if this is how it's going to be for me, then this is how it can be for you too. Like, did you like, was that really scary for you to say, or were you like, okay, like, I don't think he's actually going to do anything, but maybe I just need to give him the permission. So he feels like it's fair. Like how, what was that process like? 
It was terrifying. Yeah. It was absolutely terrifying. And especially because a lot of my jealousy came from fear and it came from thinking like he was going to leave me and, you know, these abandonment issues coming up and also this this unhealthy level of possessiveness, which is like I own this person almost like he's a thing and he's not his own conscious being. So it's like, well, once you realize that and you realize for me in this particular situation, I needed the rules to be even because I needed the best shot at surviving my decision to, to fulfill my career, right? The trajectory of my career. And to me, that relationship was more important than my ego. And I loved this man so much. So I was like, okay, well, I know the best shot we have is again, to just like be open, be curious, and just kind of try to navigate these waters together instead of dictating how it's supposed to be, because I feel a certain way. You know what I mean? Right. So again, it was, it was like what keeping my eye on the goal, which was to eventually marry this man versus my, my feelings, letting my feelings take the wheel. Yeah. That makes sense. Were there any like boundaries you had? Cause like for you, it was work, but for him it was, well, I'm doing this so you can do it too. Like, were there specific rules that you set of like, okay, like you can't hook up with the same person more than once. Or like the second you start to have feelings, like you have to tell me like, Cause I, okay. So like for me, I could literally never in my life be mm -hmm. in an open relationship. It's like, it's something that like, I think it's great for those who can, I will never understand it. I, I will never be able to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, but like my fears around it would be like, well, how can, how can you just like sleep with somebody without having feelings for them or at least developing feelings for them afterwards, or then like wanting to see them again. So like, what were, how did you navigate that part? So we definitely had a lot of boundaries, a lot of rules. And I think it was, it was this living, breathing thing where we would set something. And then if we had to revisit it because it didn't work or it needed fine tuning, we would do that. So communication was huge. Um, you're allowed to feel your feelings. So if you didn't like how something was going, like you had to be able to express that you had to have like a trusting environment where if someone did, you know, fuck up that you're not going to automatically emotionally melt down and then threaten the end of the relationship right so the trust is both ways it's like trusting um that other person to uphold you know your boundaries but it's also that other person trusting that if they do mess up that you're going to allow that space to have the conversation um so i think that's really important but we had again, I think this is normal for a lot of people that are in these kind of like, um, abnormal relationships is everyone has their own parameters, even if it's like open or if it's poly, like nothing is, it's very rare that it's a free for all. Um, so for me, like we're not poly, we've never been poly, which is more emotional. So he's never been able to date somebody. He's never been allowed to be in a place where there's like that emotional connection. It's like strictly just one off for fun kind of kind of thing. Um, and he was cool with that. He wasn't trying to get anything f past that. So it wasn't, there was never, um, a hiccup in that, in that regard. And for me, it was all work. So it wasn't, he had no, um, no concerns on his end either. But I mean, I found that like throughout the evolution of our relationship, I joke and I say, we found ourselves in like accidental monogamy and it's great. Um, so like neither of us have been with another person and I don't even know how long, but what's interesting is like that 
beginning stage where we were kind of allowed the space for well if it happens again right because like the goal is till death do us part so that's a very long time from now if something were to happen that it's not me blowing up my family because I'm so jealous upset and feel betrayed or vice versa right like there's almost like a certain level of um, affordability that we made Um, And it's going to sound crazy because it seems kind of like an oxymoron that you were in an open relationship and somehow that made your relationship a lot stronger. But I mean, I feel like he'd say the same thing. It's just that it worked that way for us. What do seeing other people in Curology have in common? You. We both know that each of us are individuals who have been shaped by our unique experiences. The way I date might be totally different than the way you date. And the skincare products that I use might be totally different than the skincare products that you use. That is why I'm so excited to be teaming up with Curology, the game-changing custom skincare made for you by a dermatology provider. They'll create a custom prescription cream for your specific goals, whether that's tackling acne, clogged pores, skin texture, dark spots, fine lines, or anything else. You start by taking a short online skin quiz and it's super fun and you get to really tell them exactly what your problem areas are. You upload photos and if it's a good fit, they'll ship your formula right to your door. I've been using Curology for a month now, and the fact that I can say that I have used a skincare product and had a skincare routine for a month is mind-blowing to me. I've never been able to stick to something like this, but the results are amazing, and it is encouraging me to keep going. I'm already feeling more confident about my skin than ever before, and it's helping me feel confident in not just my skin and how my face looks, but in everything that I'm doing. I want you to feel this great and confident about your skin too. So get started with Curology just like I did with a free 30-day trial at Curology.com slash seeing other people. You'll just pay $5 for shipping and handling and you'll have a free 30-day trial. That's C-U-R-O-L-O-G-Y.com slash seeing other people to start your free 30-day trial. Cancel anytime, prescription subject to consultation. Well, from everything you've explained so far, it sounds like it would it sounds like you guys probably have the strongest relationship out of anyone I know because of the conversations that you had to have and how you had to have all of these different feelings, but then sit with them and then talk about them in a way that would be productive rather than like, mm-hmm. like fighting to, to a breakup, even if like you were really upset or he was really jealous or whatever mm-hmm. it was. And so that's really admirable and and really impressive to me. Um, what are some of the things like did he so how did you guys first meet um so I was still in college and I was a bartender at his bar and he was this is while I was just webcamming so like again Mm -hmm. no no nudity you know no nothing explicit blah 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 so I was still like a very shy young 21 year old or whatever and um he was my boss and we all went out and I was like I'm gonna have my first one night stand I was kind of going through a recent breakup and I was trying to like find me and obviously that didn't work because we hooked up and then immediately started dating and it was over after that and every night for the rest of your life, Sam. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> so was he initially just like super on board? I know you said at first it was like just girl on girl. So like, was he like, okay, yeah, that's fine. Like, that's cool. I'm, I'm happy to tell my friends about that. Um, like, was that his initial reaction? Like he was genuinely like super fine with it? Yeah, didn't care at all. Yeah. And he's kind of 
an abnormal person anyways just like the way his mind works and his view on life and he jokes and says he never thought he was going to get married or have kids or anything because the type of woman that he saw himself with wouldn't exist like he's like i just saw i was gonna end up with like a porn star or something and that what are the odds of that and i was like there's no no way way. yeah 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 so he's oh my god that is really wild Mm -hmm. that is wild okay so navigating the transition from like when you started to actually like have sex with guys on camera, how was that in terms of the relationship with like that now, not just happening, but also being out on the internet, like his friends could be watching it. Like his family members could also be watching it. Was that like, did that add any different tensions? For sure. I mean, so even me making that transition was a conversation for probably like two years before I actually did it because I kept getting approached with contracts and deals. And I knew that if I wanted to get to the next level of my career, it was something I had to do. It was something I also wanted to do. Um, And it's like, how do you tell your partner that that's something you want to do? Because immediately you're going to assume that they are going to feel like they're not good enough. And it has nothing to do with that. Um, like he couldn't be any more perfect for me, but it it wasn't that. So how do you articulate that in a way that doesn't harm the relationship? Right. So again, it was like probably two years of having that conversation and trying to problem solve and all these hypotheticals. And eventually, I don't know what changed in him, but he's like, let's try it. Basically, I don't want to be controlling over you I don't want to be in control of your destiny so if it's something that you want to do absolutely do it I can't promise that I'm going to be here after I'm going to try I love you I hope it works out but like again being super honest in that in that conversation not promising that he was going to be like throwing me a party when I got back but he did want to be very supportive um and I guess we both took that risk we both were like well I love this person so much and I'm really confident in our our resilience. And I also want to do this thing. So let's, let's see where, where it goes. Um, and the first couple scenes, first couple months was super stressful. Like he was jealous, didn't know what to do with it. Didn't again, didn't want to interfere with my decision-making, but also had his own feelings, had all of his friends at the time were like, what are you doing? This is the worst decision you could ever make family members losing their minds. I mean, anyone that thinks that you can do anything on the internet and no one finds out <laughs> it's very false. It's just a matter of time. Yep. So know that going into it. Um, yeah, we just had to deal with it. And I mean, certain people never got over it and that's fine. And then a lot of people came too, and that's also fine. So I think it's just making the decision for yourself and what's best for your relationship and your, like your authenticity and kind of trying to drown out the noise. Yeah. I love that. And I love how as scary as it was, like you both were brave enough to take the risk rather than the opposite situation where he would have been like, I like, he, he didn't want to hold you back from doing what you wanted because ultimately mm-hmm. then if you didn't do it, you could look back and like present him for it. And then your relationship probably would not have worked out in the end. Exactly. So I think that's something that everybody kind of needs to take note of where it's like, sometimes something might be scary. Sometimes you might, you want to support your partner, even though it's something that you feel like, Oh, like don't do this, but it's something you really want to do. So like, I'm going to be there for you through it maybe, but it's like, you can't hold somebody back from doing what they feel like they're meant to do, um, right. whether it's in their career or something they're passionate about on the side, whatever it is, because in in a partnership, in a relationship, you need that support and you need that trust. And right. that is what 
did help and that is why you're still here and why you're married and have a kid and are like in such an amazing relationship so I love Mm -hmm. that as hard as that was for him I'm sure oh yeah he knew it was like the right decision Right. And I think that's like, that's a really important thing that a lot of people I think are maybe shying away from, which is they think a relationship is supposed to be unicorns and bubblegum and absolutely painless the entire time. And as soon as any conflict happens, a lot of people are out because they're like, this person did something to me that hurt me, that betrayed me, whatever. And no relationship is going to have that perfect track record. You're going to have obstacles. So I think you learn a lot about yourself and your partner when you and how you problem solve together. So it's, again, keeping your eye on what you do want and keeping that mission there instead of allowing the obstacle to to completely erode something. Absolutely. And yeah, I mean, I say this all the time, like if your relationship is perfect, you're lying. Like there's no such thing as a perfect relationship. But Mm -hmm. for me, I've been with my boyfriend for a year now and my friends kind of like make fun of me for this, but like we haven't gotten into a real fight. Like we have not fought about anything. And I keep bringing this up with him. I'm like, Jake, like we need to fight at some point (laughs) because we need to like have that experience, work through it together. And it's like, but then I kind of stopped myself. I'm like, yeah, okay. We haven't gotten into a fight, but we've gone through so much shit together individually this year that we've had to help each other work through and grow through and get through. And so it's like, yes, we haven't gotten into a fight, but we've still encountered all of these obstacles and have really work through them together. And so it's like, okay, I'm sure eventually we will fight, but Mm -hmm. I don't feel, I don't feel like we're at a disadvantage yet for not having something like that to fight about. Yeah. And you're still in like the honeymoon phase. So you've got time. We've got time. It'll It'll happen. (laughs) It's just a matter of what. And I literally say this every day. I'm like, so what's it going to be about? (laughs) But we'll get there. We'll get there. We're going to fight about not fighting. I mean, pretty much. Yeah. Uh (laughs) It's just going to blow up one day. He's going to be like, can you stop talking about the fact that we don't fight on podcast episodes? (laughs) Okay. So when you did like open up your relationship and at like, at first he wasn't really acting on it, but then he did. Did you have rules around it? Like about communicating when you, when either of you would hook up with somebody, obviously for you, it was work. I guess he knew about it, but Did you expect to know when it happened? Did you not want to know? Did you have to create rules about like STD testing, stuff like that? Like how did the mechanics of it work? So for us, um, I didn't, I didn't find it beneficial to know every detail and, um, Esther Perel, who is one of my favorite relationship psychologists, talks about often that the loss of intimacy comes from like losing yourself and the other person. So there's like no mystery left. You know everything about this person. You're almost symbiotic. And it's very hard for someone who is everything to you to also be that dangerous, mysterious person that you need to arouse you. Um, So it's very important to kind of keep the separateness in that relationship. I knew that I had not perfected my jealousy muscles yet. And I knew that it was just going to create problems where there didn't need to be any, especially because I was shooting and I knew that it was hypocritical, but my body was telling me something else. And it was something that I really wanted to get over. And for me, the healthiest thing for our relationship was to not know. And if I were to ask and press, like he would tell me 
you know, like there wasn't lying, like we don't lie in our relationship. Um, so that's like very important to us is, is that brutal honesty if necessary. But, um, yeah, I don't, I don't suggest it for anyone that's in a relationship. I just don't see the point unless it's something that turns you on, right? Like, unless that's part of your foreplay, that's a different story. But if you're doing it, I think that you're just asking for to be jealous and to feel that pain instead of just trying to, to overcome it. Um, so with, when I was shooting, I had to test every two weeks, like that's just industry standard. So I was constantly being tested. Um, and then for him, it's protection always because mm-hmm. you just don't know, um, with us, you know, everyone that's on screen in straight porn is being tested to every two weeks. Um, that's kind of as safe as you're going to get. Right. Besides like wearing also wearing a condom, but that doesn't happen in, um, in porn, unfortunately. So yeah, for him, it was, you know, always be safe. Don't be too drunk to the point where you're going to make a bad decision and forget something, um, not to make a spectacle of it. Like we had a whole bunch of rules, but it was always like maintaining that respect for, for each other foremost, right? Like over your pleasure, over this other person, obviously like always keeping that the priority. Yeah, absolutely. How did you navigate your jealousy? Obviously, you decided like you didn't want to know that was better for you. But how did you stop yourself from like thinking every single night, like if or if like he didn't call you or like wasn't texting you back or whatever it was, or like you just didn't know what he was up to? Like, how did you turn that part of your brain off? Like, don't think about what he's doing. Don't think about what he's doing. Because for me, even in previous relationships, like if I've had a hunch that like somebody was cheating on me and when he wasn't texting me back at night and I was correct. And so it's like, how do you hold yourself back from assuming every second that something was happening? So with that, I think it's really interesting. I don't think the cheating is the issue. And I don't think, um, like with your instance, for example, like you were like, I had this feeling and I knew it and I checked and he was right. It was a lack of trust. Right. I think the fact that you're questioning it is the problem. So whether or not he's doing it, that's something to dig into. Is that like you have to look for a pattern. So is that something I've done in every other relationship, regardless of the guy? Right. So that's a me problem. Is this very unique? I've never been like this. And for some reason, I feel neurotic and I have to put a tracker on blah, blah, blah. This is new to me. He's probably doing something. He's probably giving you signals that are saying that he's breaking whatever boundaries that you have in that relationship. And that's the problem enough right you don't need to dig you don't need to find you don't need to go curse out this this other girl like that's the problem and it's either do you want to try to fix that is he worth it is it something that you are willing to forgive and move on past can you not forgive which is totally fine and then you have to end the relationship so I think if you're getting those feelings and you know that they're new and they're justified I would kind of dig there does that make sense no that makes complete sense because it's like what you said like is it about is it like anxiety that's coming from you or is it anxiety that's coming from some sign they've given you or some way mm-hmm. about their behavior or about their communication that is making you doubt that you can trust them or doubt that yeah. they're doing the right thing. Yeah. And for me, it was very much my pattern. Like I had done it with anyone I was with. And again, it came down from like serious um, abandonment issues and jealousy and insecurity. It was all my baggage. And again, this is the man I saw myself marrying. And I'm like, I want to be my best version for him. And that's not this person. This isn't a partner. Like this is a tyrant. This is someone who um, is acting very weak and I don't want to be weak. I don't want to be insecure. I want to trust him because he's done nothing um, 
to, to test that trust. Like he's always, you know, been honest with me. We have this arrangement. I agreed to it. How do I want to show up? So it was me just correcting my own bad behavior. Yeah. I love that. And I think that's, that's really smart. You have to pay attention to, to how you feel, why you feel that way and what will happen if you act on it. And Mm -hmm. you knew that you had to be that best version of yourself in order for the relationship to survive. And, and that pushed you to become like probably a better person in the end and a better partner. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. I love how something as simple as a CBD gummy can become a part of your relationship. And that's what's happened for me and Jake with Mindset Wellness CBD. We take the rest gummies every single night. It's like our favorite part of the night. We get into bed, we like say goodnight to Barkley and I go rest gummy and Jake sticks his hand out. We take our rest gummy and it is such a sign that like we made it through the day and we know that we're going to have a good night's sleep. And there's nothing better than knowing that you're going to be able to sleep through the night and wake up feeling well rested, wake up feeling not groggy, wake up not stealing the blankets from somebody else or having them stealing the blankets from you. And you're just going to be able to sleep and rejuvenate and revive yourself. And these rest gummies have really changed the game for me. I never was able to sleep before and it's literally not a problem. And that is amazing. So I want that for you too. So grab your rest gummies at mindsetwellness.com and use code seeing other people at checkout for 20% off and free shipping. So, okay. I want to get into a little bit about porn and what happens with, so obviously like many people are comfortable watching porn. There are also people who are not comfortable with it. Mm -hmm. And so I've had listeners come to me with situations where they, they don't watch porn. They just started dating somebody who like is very open about the fact that they watch porn and it makes them incredibly jealous and uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And what, from with all of your expertise, with all of your knowledge on that side of things, what would you say to somebody who says like they're jealous of their partner watching porn? Uh, So again, like I don't, I guess I want to lead with, I used to be one of those women, right? So this isn't coming from like a a place of judgment or me trying to tell you how to live or think or anything like that. Cause I've been there. Um, I don't think that's very healthy. And I think it's very natural to be attracted to other people, right? Not in like an emotional way, but just when I say attracted to just maybe simply noticing someone else's beauty, whether it's a a mainstream celebrity, you know, like you're really into Brad Pitt, or um, maybe it's him with an Instagram model, whatever it is, but you're going to notice and appreciate other people's beauty. There's no way around that. No one is going to just have blinders on and only see you. So I think that's the first thing to kind of recognize. Um, I also think when it comes to porn, it tends to be very dominant with women that have the issue with porn, right? Um, it's very rare that men have a concern with a girl watching this and that's a a problem with the relationship. I think it's super critical to understand our brains work differently and the way that we approach sexuality is very different from men to women. Um, And I think that there's a lot of power in that because oftentimes we feel something. So we use that as justification for our rational mind. And we forget that we're these biological creatures that are also animals, right? So for men, there's this book and it talks about the way that men look at women and view sexuality. It's kind of like Elmer Fudd with with a rabbit and the shotgun and everything is like, boom, click, 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 right? Like everything Mm -hmm. is trigger happy. And that's because their sexual system is closer to their amygdala. So they're much more in their lizard brain when they get aroused. It's just very animalistic for them. 
women, it tends to be a lot more logical and a lot more tied to morality. Like ours is more in the new part of our brain in the uh, prefrontal cortex. So totally different. It's the reason why women can't have a, a Viagra pill because you can try to like lube us up and whatever, but if our minds aren't into it, we're not, um, it's not going to work. So I think you have to ask yourself, knowing all of this, like, where is that jealousy coming from? And is he mm -hmm. again giving, sorry, uh, giving you reason um, and justification for you to, to have those feelings? Yeah, I did not know that. Like yeah. how like different are like the brain structures and how like all of that. That is fascinating. Yeah, they tried to actually explain so much. <laughs> they actually tried to make a female Viagra pill and it just tanked because if there's any dissonance between like our logical mind of being aroused, like being mentally turned on and our physical body, we actually feel grossed out. And that's what's happening with porn. So that's why when you see it, you're like, oh, like mo a lot of women, and they're like, I don't understand how he's into that. It's literally a different brain that's watching it. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's like, I'm, I'll be honest. And I don't really, I don't usually talk about like porn or sex at all on the podcast. <laughs> like it, I'm one of those people who like, I feel uncomfortable from it. And yeah. like some of my friends and are like, fine. what do you mean? But like, and obviously I know that like, most guys I've dated don't feel uncomfortable about it. Right. But like, and I'm like, uh, like maybe I'm just like, I've like tried like the wrong stuff. Like, I don't know, like anytime I've like tried or like my friends have shown me like what they like, I'm just like, yeah, it's a no for me. But like, that's so interesting that it actually like that there's a, a real scientific reason why. Mm -hmm. So have you ever been into like romantic novels or like odd, like the Dipsy is really big with a lot of women, which is the auditory yeah. kind of erotica. Like I've heard about it, but I'm just like, no, no, no. Yeah, like just not there yet. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe we'll see. Maybe I'll get there. Mm -hmm. Um, okay. So follow-up question. If somebody asks their partner to watch porn with them and mm -hmm. they like really don't want to, and their partner like really wants them to, is that a situation where like, should the person try or should they try to ex like, or should they really explain to their partner? Like, no, like this is a hard no from me. Like who at, in that situation should kind of be more understanding and, and take a step back. I think it's really tough. I think if there's a hard no, I think you kind of have to respect that no matter what, right? Like you don't want to force anyone into any sexual activity. That's not healthy. And maybe that's a deal breaker. Maybe that other person really needs that from a partner and you just cannot give it to them. And that's totally fine, right? Like you have to leave that option on the table. So maybe that relationship just isn't meant to work out. Um, I think when it comes to people's fetishes and what turns them on, I think it's important to always be open with your partner. So like if someone's really into, I don't know, let's say S&M and they really like bondage and something you've never done, at least be open to trying it if you don't have a serious discomfort to it, right? If you're, mm -hmm. if it's something that you're kind of neutral with, you're like, eh, it's not really my thing and it's not causing an emotional distress, I think try it, right? Or ease into it. And then if it's not your thing, it's not your thing. Um, but I think being open and it's constantly like that give and take. I can tell you being with someone for like 12 years, there are plenty of times where I am not in the mood and I do not want to do it, but I, you know, it's, he's in the mood and it's me doing it for him. And it's because mm -hmm. I love him and I want to give him that pleasure. And the same thing, vice versa, there's going to be times where you're giving for your partner because you love them and you're, you're trying to create that connection and, you know, give them some, some happiness. So I don't think it has to necessarily be a negative thing. Um, but again, if there's a hard no, I think you have to respect that and just maybe look at it as a sign that that sexual relationship might not work out. 
Absolutely. And so if somebody wanted to try something with their partner, but they're afraid to ask, like, what is an, a good way to bring up that conversation? I think you have to, everything is small steps, especially if you don't really know their boundaries yet. So asking what they're into and maybe giving them that and then saying, you know, I would love to maybe flip the script for next time. I'm really into this one thing. Like, would you be willing to try it? And maybe again, it's starting slow. So um, for a lot of women, especially if they're not comfortable with porn, is they could try something like Dipsy, which is just auditory. And it's, um, it's actually made for women. So the scenarios should be a lot more um, enticing than the traditional content that they're seeing and let her pick, right? Like let her be in charge of that situation so that she feels comfortable. And then maybe the next time she'll be like, okay, well, why don't you pick the next thing? Right? So you don't have to rush anything. It's just like slowly kind of discovering what turns everyone on and like what's consensual. Yeah, that makes complete sense. And then if there was something like, let's say, I don't know how to phrase this right. Somebody asked me this like a while ago where like they're somebody they were previously with like did something or was into something that they really liked. And they were like, how do I explain that to my partner without saying like, oh, well, like my ex did this. So you should too. Well, definitely don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely don't. Definitely don't do that. But um like let's say maybe it's like talking dirty in bed right and you you knew you know that you're into it because your previous relationship you know maybe uh initiated and you're like whoa I didn't know I was into this and I'm super into it so how do I ask for it so you don't have to say so and so taught me because <laughs> no one wants to think about that or very few people um but it's just like suggesting them along the way so while you're in the act be like you know it'd be super hot as if you did this you know if you touched me here if you said this and men love when you talk to them and I'm women love when you talk to them so don't feel like I'm gonna sound stupid or what am I gonna say just don't like don't get it so much in your head and just enjoy the moment and don't be afraid to ask for what you want and then if you get someone who's like well where did you learn that like to me that's a red <laughs> flag because that is an unjustifiable amount of jealousy because of course you right. are you've had a life before this person and you don't have to apologize for that yeah. <laughs> Everything you've done, you've learned from something you've done before. Something, and someone yeah. you were with before. It's like right. my friend, my friend will like make a joke to her fiance being like, wait, you kissed somebody before me? Like, and, but like, it's obviously a joke, but there of are course. some people who like, like act, actively get jealous thinking about the partners that their per- partner has been with in the past. But yeah, that's, that's a fact of life. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you can Inevitable. find someone who's been with nobody, then great, but good luck. Right. The odds <laughs> of that are very slim. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So Candice, two final questions for you. One is what is the biggest or best life lesson that you learned from your time in the adult industry? Oh man, that's hard to surmise, but I would say, honestly, it's just taking accountability for myself and my feelings. Um, I've learned to kind of not be like a victim to those and it's made me a lot more resilient. It's made my relationship a lot more resilient. So just realizing that, and this comes, this comes down to judgment too, right? For people that are judgmental of my decision to be in that industry is that these feelings that I have, whether it's me feeling jealous or me feeling judged or me feeling um, like ostracized, whatever that has nothing like I need to just be the observer in those and then figure out kind of like a detective as to where they're coming from, what's serving me, what's not. And usually, um, usually 
it's like very beneficial to be able to separate yourself in that way, especially when someone's criticizing you and you're getting these negative emotions and negative attention because you realize it's not you. It's like it's their baggage that they're just projecting onto you. And then it's very powerful when it comes to jealousy, too, because, again, like that's not you. That's just the program that you've been running. So you have so much power at your hands. You just have to make the decision of what's going to make you the happiest. Yeah. And what's going to benefit you the most in the long run and, mm-hmm. and make you stronger and make you grow. I love that. Um, and my last question for you is what is the best piece of dating or relationship advice you've ever gotten? I think it is, it's to find somebody that is your best friend that you communicate with endlessly, um, honestly, brutally when necessary and to really just be a conscious partner in that relationship. So not to let your emotions run the relationship, not to be a dictator in the relationship, allowing space um, for everyone to say what they need, what they want, and um, learning the art of compromise. Yeah, that's all so, so, so important. I love all of that. Well, Candace, thank you so much for joining me on Seeing Other People. Where can everybody find you? Where can they check out Chatting with Candace and all of that? Um, so you can go to chatting with Candace and that has my podcast and all of my Candace, um, socials all on there. And then I'm on Twitter, which is like my favorite, but also I need to stay off of it as much as I am. Um, platform is fallen Lovia, all one word. And, uh, yeah, thank you for having me on. This was super fun. Amazing. And I will link all of that. Thank you again so much, everybody. If you love this episode, please give us five stars and a review. If you think you have a friend who would benefit from hearing this episode, which I am sure you do, send it their way and make sure to follow Candace. And I will see you guys next time.